What's up, everybody? I'm Kyle Hamilton, All-American Safety for University of Notre Dame, and I just want to say thank you for tuning into the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Hello and welcome to the full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. Uh, we're back on the scouting trail. You're flipping over to defence, so you've got me hosting today uh, on the defensive side. We've got Lee and we've got Keith after Raj and Kieran held it down on offence last week. We're going to have yeah, a couple of hosts for this one. I'm going to host the defensive side of things and um, Raj is going to host the offensive side of things. Keith, my man, you've not been on for a little while. How are you doing? No, I'm scared. So <laughs> I ran away. No, no. Um... Been knocking out some articles for the Rough Diamonds, which was really good. Yeah, I enjoyed doing that. Um, and yeah, we've had a, a, a good look at some of these players, and we've got two jars. One is barely got anything in it, and the other one is absolutely brimming. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So we're starting off on the defensive side of the ball. We're going to cover a couple of positions uh, because we're <laughs> we're running out of time before the season starts. We're going to cover the interior off uh, the interior defensive line. And we're going to cover the edge rushers as well. Uh, so, yeah, we've got plenty plenty to get through. Same sort of format as last week. We're going to have a top five each, and then we're going to give an overheight and underheight player for each position. We're going to get the lesser position out of the way first. <laughs> but cool. just before we do that, I just want to say, if you haven't been on fulltenyards.com recently, you won't have seen, or if you've not been on social media, you won't have seen that we've released our NFL season guide. The guys at Full Turn Yards, including myself, have been working so, so hard over the past few weeks to get this out. And now it's here and it's available. It's available to order on the website. Head over to the website, hit the menu that says guide, and you'll be taken straight to the order screen. $4.99 for a digital copy. We are working on some physical copies, I am told. Um, and you can get a pound off. So it goes down to $3.99 with the code YARDS, all in capital letters, all one word, obviously, at checkout. So yeah, go over, check it out, get your season guide. You won't regret it okay so Keith let's get into our interior defensive line top fives I'm gonna let you uh, kick off uh, kick off with your number five guy for your interior defensive lineman cool this I mean you could probably pick uh, I don't know, 15 odd players uh, and and they're all of similar ability in my opinion uh, so uh, getting a top five is, is throwing darts here number five for me is Corey Durden of NC State formerly of Florida State. Um, he is uh, disruptive, he's quick, big, but just like every other Florida State player last year, he was pants. Um, <laughs> they just they just weren't at it. Uh, obviously, the coaching changed. There's obviously a lot of disruption there. Um, his, his play along that whole defensive line was was screwed over. Marvin Wilson obviously suffered the most. Um, but if you go back to 2019, Dern's film is is really, really good. Uh, obviously, he's decided to get out there. It's got to be because there's a massive gap there now of um, Ali McNeil gone. Mm. I, if, if he can perform, I, th- I think, yeah, he's got a chance. He's got a chance of, uh, of certainly being in the top five. Um I just think the change of scenery for him could be could be good for him. Yeah. Okay. We've got a few like that in this group, haven't we? They've transferred, yeah. graduate transferred, or they're taking that um, extra COVID year or something like that. And we're looking for them to take a leap, aren't we? I think, like you said, we've got a jar that's pretty empty. I've got two guys out of this top five that I actually like. My three and four, I don't mind. My fifth guy, who I'm about to talk about, is kind of in there by default because I don't really like the other guys <laughs> that I've watched too much. Um, so, yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a name, obviously, that Andy would have been familiar with, obviously, being a Florida State fan. We should have kept him on. We've just been having a chat with him. Um, but, yeah, I'm sure we'll get his opinion on Durden as we move forward. Um, he's not actually a player that I've actually watched too much of. So, yeah, um, he's one for me that only needs to be added onto the list. So, he didn't make my, make my top five because um, I haven't even watched him. So, um, not, not recently, anyway. Not enough to make an evaluation on. My number five guy is Neil Farrell Jr. from LSU. And he is very much in the mould of what you've just you've just said. You're kind of looking um, at very much a muchness. I think the sort of bottom rung of this ladder could have been a few could have been a few people. But I did like him. I liked him more than more than other uh, more than others that I watched. Um, you know, really strong, 
really strong, really big bodied guy, strong and great penetrator as well. So he's got like anchor, but he can also go forward when he's pass rushing as well. Um, so he's got some sort of mixability. He's not just like a big run stuffer, but he can also get through. He can, you know, for a big guy, he can make himself skinny in the gap, which I'm kind of looking for. And I think a lot of NFL teams are looking for these days as well. They're not just looking for this big body, two down run stuff. You're looking for a guy who can do a little bit of it all. And I think I think Farrell's that. You know, he's quite big. He's three nineteen. Um, he's six foot four. So he's like a real stocky build. He's a big boy. But like I say, he does have some penetration and he can get through through the gaps. Uh, and like I say, I think he'll add some pass rush ability to wherever he lands in about a year's time. Um, but yeah, like I say, I think like you said, Keith, it could be a few guys here, and it could it might not be. Um, you know, it might be a bit of a jumble when we get further down the line. We might not actually see Neil Farrell in my top five. You know, it come the end of the season, it might be a whole different cast of people that I'm seeing here. Um, but is it a player you've watched? I have. I, I, I liked some of what he brings. I think they played in quite a bit of five tech as well. Mm. So, um, obviously, he's got experience of, of playing over tackle and, and, you know, versatility, et cetera, is good. Um, Kieran would have loved it for LSU. Yeah. Obviously. Um, yeah, certainly a consideration of one of these many bang average. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, uh, that's that's it. Unfortunately, that's it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a bit of snake draft here, so I'm gonna go and kick off with my number four, if that's all right with you. Yeah. Um, my number four guy is Jermaine Lowell from Arizona State, um, a player I like. You know, I've got to have some Pac-12 re- representation in in the uh, in the mix. Again, a big guy, over 300 pounds, about 310 nearly. He's six foot one, so kind of this squatty build. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, a player that I kind of did like, actually. I'm getting into my areas now where I actually did like him a little bit. Um, he is a good mover for his size. I think he covers the ground both north, south and east, west. He got double teamed a heck of a lot when they were playing. Um, a lot of people think that um, he was earmarked by the opponent as being someone who can cause a bit of trouble. And again, got that versatility. I noted that you can play from three second kits all the way outside to, to five, maybe even seven at times. I don't know, as this big end. And they do like to move him around a little bit. Definitely got some pass rush ability. I really liked his uh, kind of football IQ. His moat was really good. And he's a really good run defender with, with really good gap integrity as well. So, yeah, a player that I really liked. Um, you know, like I said, getting some practical representation in there. And I do have one more in my top five, actually, as well. Oh, wow. I don't. Uh, oh, right. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Go for it, Keith. Who's your, who's your fourth guy? Is it low lay? Is it low lay? I don't know. I don't listen with the commentary on a lot of the time because I listen to oh. I listen to music and stuff like that. So I don't often uh, get the co- get the big presentation from commentary. I kind of get it from other podcasts I've not heard him talked about yet. This is my right. kind of inside thing. I've just got a little fact about him. Um, he, Go for it. Uh, he played 2019, um, split his uh, snaps... Uh, B gap 282 um, over the tackle, so essentially a five tech 193, and as an edge 250. That's a lot yeah. of time spent out wide. Yeah. For, for yeah. a squatty guy. Um, yeah. So that was interesting to me. That is interesting. And like I said, I, do, I did think he played seven tech, but I wasn't didn't think it was that much, but I haven't obviously watched as many games as all those snaps. Um, but yeah, he definitely moves around a lot, which is, is good for his versatility as well. Yeah. Oh, my number four. Um, so Georgia, but not the mess. Who we're dude. thinking about. Okay. No. Uh, <laughs> no, he might come up later. Um, Devontae Wyatt. When you watch Dawn Davis, it's hard not to watch him. He's massive and he moves <laughs> incredibly well. Um, but I, uh, he seems to flounder around for me. Um, the technician in there is Wyatt. Mm-hmm. I was really high on Malik Herring um, last year. Uh, there's something about that Georgia line. It's, it's, sort of, it's always overhyped and underhyped players, I think. Wyatt, for me, um, consistent, penetrative. He's creating problems that other players are cleaning up. Um, I just think he's a much more consistent player in the days. I don't think he's going to test anywhere near as well as athletic as Jordan Davis will. And I think that's why you know, this list is as it is now. It's really a tape list rather than um, you know what I think of them as athletes. Um, but I really like him. Now, I think I say really like him. I'm marginally excitable about him because it's, <laughs> I said he's not that great. Um, 
if you know if he was in if he came out last year, it would be a late rounder. Where is he now? I don't know, four or five, something. Um, but I just like I think he I think he's he could have been on the underrated list, but for me. Um, I'm struggling to find anyone else <laughs> to put on here. Yeah, the overrated aspects of this, when we get to that bit, I think will be quite difficult. We might just have to yeah. skip over it. Because like you, um, my fifth, fourth, third and second guy, I have got some uh, grade of a fourth round grade on them. Mm. So we're, we are scraping the barrel a little bit with these for these guys that we've watched so far. Um, and it sounds like we've, we've watched um, quite different people, actually, because I spent a lot of my time watching the George tape for Jordan Davis, who right. is actually my number three. Uh. Um, I, f- <laughs> I feel like I like him a little bit more than what you do, if I'm going to be completely honest with you. I mean, I have to qualify that by saying I have just said I give him a fourth round grade, but yeah. <laughs> I don't <laughs> I don't mind him too much. You know, I think he, like you said before, six foot six and I've got him down as 340. So we're talking about a massive nose tackle here. And he does move really, really well. Um, yeah, I've got he's he's a really good two-gapper. You know what you'd expect for a guy of his size. He can dictate to the guards and the centre as well. Um, and he holds his own against double teams. You know, and you, you would expect him to at that size, let's be honest with you. And he wouldn't be useful at that size if he couldn't do that. He has a good anchor. And this is kind of like your kind of expected things that you want for a guy of this size, isn't it? But do you know what? I think he's got pretty decent hustle and I think he can actually move across the ground and he does kind of get after people in pursuit as well on the backside and things like that. He's not just kind of one of these nose tackles that he will get double teamed, he'll kind of take up space, he will then watch the outside run and just stop. He will run, he'll get after the guy. And do you know what? I kind of like that. I kind of like that because he'll, he'll make some plays just from effort. And that's yeah. not in pursuit only. That's also for sacks and things like that. And I think he can disengage from blocks quite quickly. He will not play on third down, though, on Sundays. No. <laughs> he doesn't have any sort of pass rush, rush repertoire. Um, and he really, I think one in the Tennessee game that I watched, I watched three games of him. I watched, what was it? LSU from 2019, Tennessee 2020, and Alabama 2020. So we're talking about three pretty good offensive lines there. I was going to bring up the Bama game because um, I thought he got annihilated in it. I thought they moved him off the ball so easily. Mm. Um, and it was one of those games where Wyatt wasn't great either. None of them were. Yeah. Uh, but that stuck in my mind that this is a massive human. And obviously the Bama line was good. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but he was he was getting moved. And that's that's what his role is, not to get moved. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he was getting moved far too easily. And that sort of just stuck in my head at like, I say I think he's really athletic. I think he's going to run a low fives, and and people are going to get very excited about that. Perhaps he'll have a better season. You know, um, I think you can look at um, any any games we look at from last year. This covers all of the every prospect we're going to look at. You know, it was a funny season. Uh, yeah. their, their, their whole routines have been changed. Um, we don't know how ill some of these players may have been. Um, but, you know. You've got to take a pinch of salt with some of this. Um, you know, I suppose that goes as well if, if they've really performed well as well. We've got to we've got to cover the whole the whole season fairly. Yeah, that is true. It was obviously like you say, we've got a reduced schedule for a lot of these guys, and you know, they're probably having a bit more time off than they would do. Have they put on bad weight? Have they got into bad habits? Things like that. You know, and we're gonna see that a lot this year from the guys who opted out and didn't have a season, both yeah. in college football and the NFL as well. So definitely something to mention. And just kind of go back to what you mentioned before. It is summer scouting. You know, we've got a whole year to watch these guys. Yeah. It's not all lost yet. Um, but one <laughs> thing I was going to mention about John Davis was at the end of the Tennessee game, I thought he got really tired. So maybe thinking about what we have just said there, maybe his conditioning needs to be a little bit better. And maybe he doesn't need to be that big. You know, not quite that big anyway. You know, he's maybe <laughs> no, it's not way that much. I'll be tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just getting out of bed, I'll be tired. <laughs> Here's what, mate. Here's what, your number three guy. Number three, you may have this one higher. Um, Haskell Garrett, Ohio State. Um, I do. I like, I, I like him. I do like him. Um, he's the one who got shot in the face, right? That's right. Um, I mean, if you come back from that, you've got to be a tough guy, right? I mean, come on. Shot in the face, but, and I'm going to play this year. I was like, wow. Christ. Um, again, uh, for the majority of the season, he or their shortened season, he was exceptional. Mm. Uh, but the last two games, the most important games he had, he, he was he was uh, neutralised. Mm. Uh, it's almost as if uh, it caught up with him 
Now, I don't know. Again, this could be um, training problems. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, guys just been shot in the face. You know, respect just for turn up. Um, but in the two biggest games, he went a bit missing. I uh, just wonder if enough people got enough tape of him at that point where it was like, we know how to move him away. Um, we, we will make sure. Because I had um, Tommy Togi as well. Uh, you know, and as, uh, uh, when they were both on, they were formidable. Um, so that's just, it's just like a little downer. You know what I mean? It was, it was yeah. a really good season. It was a fantastic story. Um, great production for those first, whatever it was, five or so games. Um, and then the two playoff games. Oh, just, yeah. yeah just, it's just left that little sour taste. Um, obviously, if we get another full season from him, he has the potential of all of these, to be fair. I think he has the potential for me to be the number one. Um, just by being a decent, having a decent season, um, I think the rest of my guys need to have good seasons to maintain any kind of this top five ranking. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's a he's actually a player that I really like, and I don't want to kind of supersede you again, but he's actually my number two guy. Um, <laughs> like you say, I think what really marks him down, if I start with the negatives, is these he's not really been on the field too much. You know, it's it's difficult at Ohio State because you know you've got such a convey a lot of talent in front of you. But quick math says that he's played just about 20 games in his college career over four years, which isn't a great deal. You know, if you're another school that's probably a lesser school, I will say that, you might do that in two seasons. You know, if you're starting straight away and he's done that for four years and his production, as much as he's definitely increased his production each year, nothing jumps off the page. You know, he's, he's, he's got two sacks in college. Stats lie, Lee. Stats lie. They do. They do. They absolutely do. I, and I'm a big proponent of that. And I'm, I'm a big proponent of stats lie. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, you do want to see it. It's something I factor into my evaluations as well. I want to see some production at least. Yeah. But, you know, and I'll, I'll, I'll kind of, we'll, we'll just continue our conversation about him since we've already started. But I do think that he plays with really nice pad level. I think he stays low. He's got good burst and he knows that the low man wins. That's kind of the, the first line of my, my evaluation here, my notes of him. Really good hustle again, really good uh, pursuit player. I think he's really intelligent as well, actually. Good gap integrity, as I mentioned before, about someone else. And, you know, he's got the power to do it. And I think he's got a couple of moves. I, I noticed a really nice little swim move that he's got um, that he's got there. Um, like I say, lacks production, lacks um, experience. He's got the chance to make a leap for sure, but he needs to do it. He needs to have a really big season this season with Ohio State. And, you know, they're geared to have a really big season coming back and they're going to be aiming for, aiming for it all as always. So... Yeah, you wanted to see him kind of step up and be that leader of the defensive line, I guess. Yeah, I was surprised he didn't come out, actually, because it wasn't the greatest class. Um, he was such a big story. Um, I think alone, I don't know, what's... Where did Togi go? Was it third, fourth? Yeah, he's, he's started day three. So he would have been around there, I would have thought. Um, but he's come back, and that's a good... Defensive line again, uh, Ohio State. So if he can just stay healthy, yeah, he can mm. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to talk about Edge a little bit later on. Obviously we've got uh, Zach Harrison and Tyreek Smith. I have no idea who they are. Two two guys who were on my <laughs> list, but I've not managed to get them get to them as of yet. Um, oh, but yeah, like you say, there's a lot of names that Ohio State um, yeah. defensive line, and we will get to them at some point and bring you our opinions on them. Um, maybe in writing rather than coming back on a scouting podcast obviously we will do a scouting podcast after the series but yeah no it's a really good really good defence line and we will obviously get to them by the way you're up to your number two uh, so I've, I don't know if I've cheated um, <laughs> I know who you're going to say I right <laughs> I know his snaps are at edge um, but he's wasted there he's wasted this is the Marvin Leal mm-hmm. Texas a and uh, yeah they play him at edge um, the majority of the snaps and he's very good at it but he's listed at 290 I wasn't sure he's 290 and then I watched him today and I thought yeah do you know what there's enough bulk there because he's 6'4 I think um, yeah. enough there I think he could well be if he does man this, that's a mover this man is moving and he's big yeah so we're wasting him a little bit out on the edge Um with Bobby Brown gone, I wonder if they're moving inside more. Um, I hope so, because he wouldn't have made my top five edges. That's why I've really sneaked him in here, I think. 
<laughs> Do you know what? I think we've gone about this in the same way, but in a slightly different way. Okay. But I share a lot of what you've just said because um, I know that we kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier on in the week and we're trying to be coy and not give away our top five. <laughs> yeah. to but I have got Leal as, in, as an edge. Right. And he's quite low down on my list. As we've, as we've said, this is a nice edge class. But if he was graded as a interior guy, he'd be my number one guy. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. That's absolutely fair. I think I've got a bit um, off ball for number one for me. But um, yeah, with Liao, I think he's on my edge list. I'm just having a look at it now. I think it's probably coming about seven for me. Okay. Um, let, me, let me just have a quick look. Um, maybe move on to your move on to your number one guy while I just check what where he would be um, where he is. Sorry, on my edge list. Okay, uh, so number one is a little bit of a surprise, possibly, but uh, you've already mentioned him. It's Jermaine Lolay. Oh right, okay, <laughs> nice. Um, I got two games of him this year. Uh, they only played four. Um, mm. He was unstoppable, absolutely unstoppable. And those snap counts I, I quoted earlier. That's the big reason why. It's because they just they just play him as free tech. They said, Joe, what's forget about all that outside edge nonsense. <laughs> was he six one three ten or something? Yeah. Don't worry about that, son. Get in, get in those gaps. And uh he's so squatty, so quick. Um I was scared to put him one because I'm not sure when I've looked at uh, other people's lists and stuff, he's barely mentioned. He's barely mentioned. He's too good not to be. Uh, not to be on on a list of five, surely. Um, so I'm I'm sort of planting my flag. Nice. I mean, his his sophomore season production wise was insane. You know, he got yes, yeah. You know, 13 games, 10 tackles for loss, six and a half sacks, and 71 tackles. I'm just reading now. And that's um, not playing out wide. You know, so you can see why they never moved him out because he was, he was being productive. Mm. Um, but yeah, what did he, did he have? Like four or five sacks in four games. Yeah, this past season. Um, that Arizona State team's really... They're well coached <laughs> in the fact that they've got a former NFL coach <laughs> coaching them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Always helps, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I, is he one? Probably not really. I, you know, I, I said to you before this, I was I got to bed last night convinced of my top five. I woke up this morning and went, no, and virtually tore it up again. So... Those five, or certainly those top three for me, could be probably any order. I'm happy with those three. Uh, then it's a bunch of average nonsense after that for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm glad that you, you, you know, you, we've got the the same guys. You've got us one. Um, we've got him there because you know I, I did like Lolly. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your pronunciation, by the way. I did like him. Um, <laughs> I liked him and Jordan Davis, and I really like the, the Haskell Garrett and the, the guy who I've got as number one. Um, like you say, I think there's a lot to be working with there. I think. As we mentioned on last week's Pac-12 preview pod, it's a bit of a down year for the Pac-12, and he might be able to get um, quite a bit of production and kind of put himself on the map a little bit. And you know what? It doesn't matter who's number one right now because it's all going to change. And it's good to plant your flag right now, isn't it? Because you look really smart if it comes up yeah. in six, seven yeah. months' time. <laughs> if it's a first-round pick, I'll be yeah. We'll retweet this episode. Absolutely, will. Yeah, absolutely, will. Uh, okay, so I've just got my number one guy to go. And I, again, this is where my other Pac-12 representation comes in. And it's Thomas Booker out of Stanford. He's a player <laughs> that I really, really like. He's my top underrated. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. I didn't think quite managed to make it into your top five, but was underrated. Um, I, I mean, maybe it was because I watched a whole bunch of guys before him that I didn't really like, but he really stood out <laughs> to me as, as someone that I could actually like get on board with I mean like I say this is all kind of caveated a little bit I've only got a mid third round grade on him at the moment so not expecting him to be my number one forever but you know he's a four-star recruit he came in and he's you know he should be the class of that defensive line and to me he is and do you know what Stanford are not going to be good this year but he's going to be (laughs) worth watching um really solid run defender really good eyes really good instincts Versatile again, you know, we've talked about Lole going out um, and playing all the spots in the defensive line. I noticed that he played from zero to five again, and if that's in a three man yeah. front as well, in an odd front, and he's going head up with the center all the time and two gap in. I think he's 310. If I pull up my notes, yeah, six foot four, 310. Um, and he's again quick across the ground, especially for someone over 300 pounds. Good amount of power, great motor, attacks half money as a pass rusher really nicely. Like he's always attacking half money, he's never really going. 
um, head up with a bigger guy, obviously on the offensive on the offensive line, and he's able to disengage and make a tackle in the run game. He's always got his eyes in the backfield. He's able to just dip away from whoever's whoever he's engaged with and make that tackle. I know it's that time and time again. Um, he needs to develop a bit more of a pass rush. He doesn't. He just ball rushes all the time. That's all he does. He doesn't really do anything else. And he's not the most sudden. But then again, we're talking about people who are three hundred pounds plus. So, you know, he may, may be able to work on that a little bit, work on his hand movement and things like that. Like I say, he's my number one guy, but it's a third round grade. So not um, not someone that I think he's going to be a superstar in the NFL level for sure, but he's definitely going to get drafted and, you know, should be able to carve out a nice role for someone, maybe improve in the NFL with more talent around him, I think. Yeah, he's another former age, isn't he? So, yeah, um, yeah we've got a few of these and... That experience will certainly help. Um, they've got to be fairly athletic to be put out there in the first place. So we know they're sort of going to be a decent athlete for their size. I did like Booker, yeah. Um, mm. Very interesting. So he's your underrated guy then? Yeah, I, I, I had three, but I'm cheating. <laughs> <laughs> That's all good. Like I say, I think we're going to have more time to fill because I don't think we're going to have any overrated guy. <laughs> uh, any, any more underrated, sorry. I've got, I've got an overrated. Um, oh, I've got plenty. <laughs> yeah, I've got one I'm very passionate about. Um, no, I, yeah, Booker definitely uh, was one of my three. Uh, Robert Cooper, Florida State. Um, so he suffers from the same as the Corey Durden situation where they, they were just awful last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is a massive, massive human. Massive. Um, and he they, they played him at three-tech last year instead of um, straight over the centre. Uh, so he was much better in 2019 where he was a straight-up nose tackle. Um, mm-hmm. I was really impressed with that take. Last year's tape was awful. Uh, that Florida State team is awful. Uh, sure, Andy will attest. Um, he could be a bounce back candidate. Uh, he's enough. Uh, he's a top recruit as well. Uh, and someone with a brilliant name, Nesta. I can't, I can't even read my own mind. Silvera from uh, Miami. Flashes, always flashes. Consistency, just mm-hmm. you know, one play. Swim, beautiful back backfield. Make a tackle for us. Next pancake. Um, you know, just inconsistency. Just shockingly inconsistent, but the flashes are enough just to uh, just to jot him down and say, do you know what? There's something to work with, possibly. Mm. But yeah, Cooper, I do like a lot, and yeah, Booker, yeah, cool. Underrated guys, I don't, I don't have any. I'm going to be honest. I don't think there's anyone underrated in this class. I do have a couple of grievances to lay out um, for overrated guys. Two guys who are from the same school who I thought. We're going to be really, really good. Maybe by virtue of where they went or where they where they played. We're going to have the same. Yeah. So the two Alabama guys, DJ yeah. Dale and uh, LeBron Ray. Yeah. I was expecting a heck of a lot more from both of these guys. I've got to say, like DJ Dale, he's busy, he's violent, but he, he's all action, no substance. His arms are flailing everywhere. His arms are flailing everywhere, exactly. Yeah. Um, he needs to keep his eyes on the football more. He reminded me, and again, another person I was really disappointed with last year was Jay Tufele out of USC. Yeah. Awareness. Yeah. And DJ Dale gives me like flashbacks to him. Just like, doesn't know where the football is on his on when, when the ball's in play. And he's fighting with the guy across him and he doesn't know where it is. And he struggles to get off and get off blocked and disengage when that when he, when he does know where it is as well. Um, not a great mover either. I, I actually queried his strength a little bit for someone who's 310 and I just didn't see him get a lot of push in the, the, the game. He? So he feels as though perhaps he's just coasted through to this point and yeah, I, yeah, I don't know why he's playing. And I, 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 could say, I could say pretty similar things about LeBron Ray as well. Lacks yeah, um, hustle, lacks snappiness out of his stance, no pass rush moves. Moves around a little bit. He's one of these players that, like what we said a minute ago, they kind of move around. He's got more power. I, I like LeBron Ray more. DJ Dale was my. He's got a sixth round grade from me. Um, you know, but they they need to be better. You know, they're playing for the best school in college football, and they're not doing anything. Especially because it's a power. It's a like a factory of of the defensive linemen, isn't it? You know. Yeah, not this group. No, um, the best one of those Alabama ones is Fedarian Mathis, and. He's not. He's barely draftable himself. Um, <laughs> so yeah, we've been pretty damning on uh, on this <laughs> interior defensive line class by the same thing. Yeah. Let's uh, let's switch it up and let's talk about some good players. Let's talk about some edge players who yeah, we actually enjoyed watching because, like I say, I did not enjoy. That was a bit of a slog. I did that in the early part of the week um, leading up to this, and then I've watched the edge guys over the past couple of days, and I'm actually sad I only got to nine of them in the end. 
Okay, yeah. So start us off with your number five guy. Number five, um, you've already mentioned him. It's Tyreek Smith of Ohio State. Oh, right. Okay, so you were joking earlier. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Fair yeah, sorry, that's the Cockney sarcasm. <laughs> um, yeah. He's, uh, I, I like him a lot, I've, a lot. Um, and the other one's in here as well, just to say. Okay, okay. Um, but I like him a lot. He's got, um, he's nowhere near as athletic as these others. Now, that's going to that's gonna be his downfall. Um, Production-wise right now, or, or position polish, I think he's he's so good right now. But ceiling, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? How much more is okay. there to come? With that, there's some... He's not a bad athlete by any stretch, but these other guys are better. Um, I really like him. They suffered, both those Ohio State lads suffered uh, from the rotation. Mm-hmm. So many coming in and out. Um, it's like, how can I, how do you get a consistency? How do you feel the game? Do you know what I mean, one series in, one series out. Um, I know you're trying to keep everyone fresh, but. You can't you can't start setting up your blockers and things like that with your it's like a bowler in cricket, isn't it? Yeah, when you yeah. kind of bowl into one direction, one direction, one direction, setting that guy up for that shot and then you come the other way. It's yeah. like the same with pass rushing, isn't it? You can't do that if you're in and out. Absolutely. A tackle's already dealt with another person since then. He's back to you again. You, you know, his, his mind's clear again. Um so it is hard. I really, really like him. I wanted to put him higher, but there's four better players. <laughs> At yeah. least, to be honest with you. <laughs> this so for me, this is a bit of a strange one because this often doesn't this often doesn't happen. But for my kind of overall grading scale that I kind of use, it is mainly based off on tape, but it also has other factors such as like experience, production, uh, their kind of growth and things like that that I kind of factor in. So for every person I'm doing summer scouting, I've got a tape score, which I'm kind of using as my kind of you know main score right now, but I also give them an overall score. So I've kind of got a three-way tie for my fifth position because <laughs> i've got <laughs> because i've got i've got two of them that have got exactly the same tape score and then i've got a third guy who is on my list as number seven who has got by far the best overall score okay. so i'll kind of just give you the names i'm not going to go into too much about all of them we've not got really the time but i've got uh, d'angelo malone from western kentucky who is the best overall score and he is not too far away from number five uh, sorry number four and then the two that have got exactly the same tape score are George Kalafitis from Purdue. Mm-hmm. And I don't think, I think I murdered that name then. And then, uh, Kingsley, <laughs> and then Kingsley Enigbere from South Carolina, who right. I like um, quite a lot. Actually. He was actually the last person I watched before we came on. Um, Kalafitis, he's one of um, a few, and there is a, there is a few of them, but most of these guys that I watch are really skinny rushers. They're small, they're very much outside linebackers. But this guy can do a little bit of everything. I noticed him lining up, again, kind of what we've just been saying, kind of lining up inside and out, playing a bit of three-tech, playing on the, playing wider. And I really liked him. I thought he was really, really powerful. And I thought he really got after it. He's got inside-outside versatility, as I mentioned before. He's got a wide array of pass rush movies you don't tend to see when they're in college and when they're inexperienced. In and they've got really, he's got really active hands and he's busy with them, but not in a DJ Dale kind of way. He kind of knows what he's doing and he can kind of put moves together and counters and things like that. So one thing that I really liked was that he's polished as a pass rusher. You're not just trying to win with your power and with your speed, which we do get to see with other guys because they're just athletes at the end of the day. And he had a ridiculous freshman year with his production was absolutely incredible. And obviously curtailed a little bit with the short season last year. So hopefully... Um, Carl Aftis will be coming back and having a good year um, next year. So I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to pin him as my number five because I do have him on my number five list. But yeah, D'Angelo Malone and um, uh, Kingsley Nigberry are definitely worth watching out for as well. It's funny because um, uh, George, I just call him George, he's, uh, <laughs> he's, he's number seven for me. Um, okay. And he's not that far off. Uh, but I've only seen four games and I've got, I took my notes are two exceptional shows, in, incredible pass rush moves. Uh, and disruptibility and then two poor games hasn't shown up um, so I guess that's just um, just inconsistency you know again last year pinch salt let's see what he can do playing for Purdue um, let's see what he can do this year uh, D'Angelo Malone interesting um, I don't like him really? 
Yeah, uh, I've got a feeling we might disagree on a few of these, actually. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I, don't okay. Like him. I don't like him. Um, I'm trying to think who bigged him up. Um, oh, I can't remember now. But I, I ended up watching like three Western Kentucky games purely for him. And there was another, the, the edge on the other side as well, they were quite um, excited, excited about. And he looks really small. I he don't is. know. How, is he? Yeah, he looks really, really small. And there's flashes. I mean, there's, you know, we we'll do the whole. You could do the old YouTube highlight thing. <laughs> it'll, it'll look okay. Um, he's I, yeah, he's I, six foot two forty. So if we think back to last year, he's a touch bigger than Chris Rump. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't the biggest Rump fan. I think I, I am think, now because he's a Chargers <laughs> player. <laughs> yeah, I did. No, to be fair, I did actually quite like him. I thought I, I had fears about him being too small, and I hope that's not going to come true because he's got drafted by my team. But <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got different. Yeah, I think we might have different types of edges we like size-wise. Okay, that could be interesting then. Yeah. That could be interesting moving forward. Um, hit us up with your number four guy then. Uh, number four is a small guy. Stop <laughs> 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 talking at me, ass. It's Nick Benito. Okay. Um, not a true edge, really, I suppose, because he does. He, he really is an outside linebacker. Yeah, um, yeah. He's the only one I've watched that has actually had coverage reps. Yes. Um, and they're good. Um, yeah. This is this is not a liability in coverage. This is a man who knows what he's doing. Um, mm. Incredibly fast. Snap off the, the the snap. Pass the tackle before I can engage. The problem is, of course, I don't know what he is. What is he? About six three two thirty something like that. So he can get engulfed. Um, and if the big tackles get their hands on him, it's over. Um, yeah. But he beats them more often than not. Um, that's probably because the big 12 is pants <laughs> and will be even more pants soon. Uh, no one, when no one's played in it. Yeah. <laughs> um, I like him a lot. I like him a lot. Just because I think he's the best. He's the best outside linebacker, I suppose. Um, so he's a little bit rude, probably not here, but he he does rush the pass most of the time. Um, mm-hmm. He's incredibly good at it. Uh, he's a lovely... Um, Claw back inside. So if he if he uh, if the tackle overextends, he's back inside. He's not scared to go back inside, even though he's so small. Um, yeah, the speed will get him inside very very quickly. Um, so I like that. And yeah, just like the fact that he can play in coverage. This is a versatile uh, man. Um, yeah, I think four is about right for me. Um, yeah, he's a player I like. He's actually in my number three. So we'll just we'll just carry on with Nick Benito. I think yeah, like you say drop into coverage, I was like, oh yeah, he can actually do it. That's actually yeah, quite interesting yeah. because you see these guys sometimes, don't you, where they're outside linebackers in their like base formation or whatever and they're just kind of occupying an area. Yeah. <laughs> but he, like, there was one play, which game was it that I was watching? Uh, might have been the Kansas game from last year. And I think the tight end kind of goes into the flat and he just absolutely launches it, launches into it. <laughs> Obviously, he didn't like make a massive impact, but he's, he's thrown off his route like perfectly. So, yeah, no, really loved him in coverage. I thought he was excellent in coverage, but I really loved his quickness. Like, yeah, like you say, if a, if a big tackle gets into his chest, that's it. The play is done <laughs> and he basically can be taken for a walk. But Alex Grinch, the defensive coordinator for Oklahoma, I think uses him in a really creative way. Uses him a lot in underlaid rushes, uses him a lot in looping and things like that. And with his speed, if he's just kind of running off the edge and rushing off the edge, then, you know, he has a little bit of bend about him as well. And like you said, that inside move is nice. So he can definitely get after the quarterback as well. There was a couple of players in that Kansas game. I've actually wrote, he wrecked the game against Kansas, where he's in the backfield before the, even the quarterback exchange happens. We could probably wreck Kansas ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. That is fair. I watched him cover a will. I forget who that was against. I wonder if that was Oklahoma State. I wonder if it was Hubbard. I can't remember now. Um, and it was beautiful. It was beautiful. He took the right angle, uh, cut it off, and ran stride for stride, 20 yards downfield. And you don't really expect that. Um, so, yeah, he's certainly versatile. Certainly versatile. Yeah, when I suppose when you are, I've got him listed. I think I've taken it from Oklahoma's measurement as well as two thirty-eight. So we are looking at a really small okay. guy. So yeah. yeah, when you're that small, you're gonna be easily you know able to run with these guys who you're a little bit heavier than, but not too much. Um, my number four guy, just to take a step back um, in time, there was the guy who I actually put out a video of um, this <laughs> afternoon on uh, Full Sail College account. Is Drake Jackson from USC? 
Uh, yeah, I really like Jake, Drake Jackson as well. Like I put the video, if you've not seen it, go over to 14 yard CFB. This was a nasty spin move that he put on someone against Arizona. And yeah, he just kind of, he just he can get to the quarterback. This is one of the moves that he puts on people quite a bit from what I've seen, but he's not like his only thing. He's not kind of overdoing it. And I think he is setting him up a little bit. He kind of rushes outside quite a lot and then he comes back inside, sometimes this spin move and sometimes um, using other ways to get to the quarterback. But yeah, I had, I made that little video because I noticed it and I thought, oh, I'm just going to use this as kind of like a bit of a hype thing. And I had him at number two and now he's at number four because I've got obviously Nick Benito that I liked that I've watched since and another guy. And I think we both who know, know who number one's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, no, Jake Jackson, I really liked him. I thought he was quite good across the board, really. Another skinny rusher is 255, six foot four. Um, I think he's got good pan usage, good bend, first step explosion. I think he's got some quickness. He can change direction as well. I've seen him kind of turn that corner, make the arc a little bit shorter. Motor's really good. Um, you know, he's another outside linebacker, though. I don't think he's got many versatility to play. He stays up a lot of dirt. Yeah, he's just basically a two-point stance guy from what I've seen, yeah. and he's too small to do anything else. So limits his sort of um, uh, versatility and also his, his value maybe moving forward because obviously base three uh, baseball three teams aren't really going to be interested. I was scared when you put that clip out. I was scared because I thought, oh, no. No, if you've got him at like two. Two. <laughs> well, I did until I watched a couple yeah, of Yeah, right, I was going to say we're going to have an argument because I've got him at eight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Um only because, well, it's not only because I, the last game I watched of him was at Washington State. If you can watch that clip, it's rough. Is it? Right, I've not rough. seen that game. Abe Lugas, right tackle, owns him. Yeah, I, I shouted him out last week on the, on the Pac-12 pod. He's going to be good. Yes, love him, love him. Oh, yeah. But I'm scared. That's a different subject. That's offensive line. <laughs> um, but no, Luke, Abe Lugas kills him. Um, and just made me nervous and he didn't have the greatest Pac-12 championship game either um, that's probably because we was comparing him at the time to the same field as someone else uh, who may have had a very good game so uh, that's just left me with that little uh, just you know you've got pause then <laughs> yeah yeah because it wasn't it was a slaughtering it was he had no answer at all um, it just scared me a little bit like we said, though, Abraham Lucas is certified good, I would say, <laughs> for, for, uh, for a right tackle. He is. I'm scared because Washington State linemen are generally rubbish. Dillard's busting and, <laughs> yeah. you know, I don't want to be too high too soon. All their stupid wide splits and stuff. Um, Height leech isn't there anymore. Surely it's going to get a little yeah, bit uh, better now. <laughs> I'm sure it should be more conventional, yeah. A little bit, although Nick Rolovich obviously ran the fucking what is it called run and shoot offense in Hawaii. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm, I'm so old. I remember the run and shoot with Andre Ware. <laughs> where where are we up to then? Are you up to number three? Uh I'm number three now, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Uh this is the other Ohio State dude. So this is Zach Harrison. Okay. Um I, I really, really like Zach Harrison. Really like him. Um not as polished as Tyreek Smith um, but clearly clearly more athletic I think he could be scary athletic I think this this could be a like a four or five this is where the ceiling comes in right yeah we're, absolutely we're really yeah. Get up there. if it's on tape study they'd, they'd probably be swapped um, but I'm trying to factor in a little bit of, of, of extras here and again part of rotation so it's not in there a lot um, incredibly strong long arms uh, so he's He's already engaged with the tackle before the tackle set, and he's controlling the tackle. Um, some, I'm trying to read my notes now. My eyes have gone. It's too late. <laughs> so he ended the season really, really strongly. Um, uh, so the Big Ten Championship, that's it. Yes, yeah, the Northwestern game. Oh, that's quite, that's worth watching. Um, that, he owns, uh, I think it's, a freshman, so it's a bit rude. <laughs> I think it's the freshman left tackle, and he, yeah. Because Rashawn Slater wasn't there to... Slater wasn't there, no. Um, <laughs> I probably wish he was. He, yeah, he absolutely owns him. They were, Actually, everyone lined up against him at a field day, but he's got the whole... I think he's a, um, he may have been a five-star. I think he certainly was four or five-star recruit. Clearly athletic. Clearly, he's another one of those skinny, slippery ones. Um so he can get skinny. He can get between the guard and tackles easy um, if he dips back inside. But clearly has the speed to to get to the to outside shoulder and 
destroy that tackle before he can get set properly. Um, projection, probably. Um, but with those athletic traits, oh, yeah. It's a good edge group because yeah. I've got two above him and I really, really like all of these so far. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm well into my second round grades now, overall. Mm. Really, right, thick into it. Um, yeah, I'll go for my number two actually next and I'll get, let you get yours and then we'll talk about number one because I think we're going to have the same guy. So my number two is Kayvon Thibodeau. Ah, I'm joking. It's not. <laughs> um, my number two is Aiden Hutchinson. And this is rare for me. This is really rare for me to like a Michigan player. And people will know who have been listening to podcast for a couple of years. I was so down on Quitty Pay last year. <laughs> yeah. And I got the displeasure of watching him um, sort of when I was watching Aiden Hutchinson. And my God, like Aiden Hutchinson is by far been the best edge on Michigan for the last couple of years. I just my my eyes were just drawn to Quitty Pay and just him struggling against better linemen all the time. Whereas Hutchinson has no problem with that. And He's not a skinny guy. He's, he's this. He's man. a big guy. He's like two sixty nine. Is listed on the Michigan website, and I just think he's he can do it all. I think he's a really good all rounder. I don't really score him on my scale low for anything in particular. Mm-hmm. I think he's got true inside out versatility because of his size, and he can do it. And again, going up, going head up, he's got really good tackle radius, got really good awareness, keeps his eyes in the backfield. And do you know what? He plays with great leverage. He can get underneath people and he can move people. And I just feel like if he's in a really good defensive line in the NFL, when he gets there, he will be really, really good. And I'm never really high on Michigan guys. This is like this is quite rare for me. Um, I'm saying all this. And I actually feel a bit weird for saying that actually, because I'm not usually one to part them up. But never bath, yeah. I do think I do think he can be really, really good. Yeah. So what about you for number two? Or what have you got anything to say on Aiden Hutchinson? Uh, my number two is Aiden Hutchinson. Oh, really? Right, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh well, what you said, um, this is this is a complete edge. Mm. So nowhere near as um sexy as a pass rusher as the others, uh, but absolutely dominant against the run. Yeah. Um uses that size, knows what he's doing. Um, clearly better than Quitty Pay. I wasn't quite as down on Quitty Pay as you seem to have been. Um, <laughs> but he yeah, he's miles, miles better. Um, surprising again, he didn't come out last year because this wasn't greatest, <clears throat> excuse me, wasn't the greatest edge class last year. I think he would have gone before pay, right? So I yeah, think so. I'm surprised. Um he's a complete edge. I, I, he does everything really, really, really well probably won't get the plaudits that the others do because he won't always make those incredible splash plays. Um, but he's so, so solid. I wanted to put sort of the sexier pass rushes above him, but I can't because, yeah. you know, this guy, the NFL will value him a lot for, for his all-round game. Mm. It's, it's the perfect 4-3 end. And do you know what, actually? I Obviously, I'm ripping on Michigan a little bit, but they have put out some good pass rushes recently. You know, thinking about Chase Winovich, yeah. Tatsuche... Obviously, pay, pay went in the first round. I've got to you know, give, him, give him that. Obviously, it happened. It wasn't something that would have happened if I was picking for anyone. But, you know, they, they've, they have been putting out some decent talent there. And I think he fits right into that mould. And do you know what? I think he'll probably be the best one of those four that I've just named from the recent years. I was really high on Winovich. But, he's yeah, he's better than him. He's got much more um, size and athleticism to him. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, I think, obviously, it makes it really, really obvious. Kayvon Tibbet, number one for both of us. Talk to me. What makes him the best player in college football? It's <laughs> <laughs> I've called him Trevor Lawrence of this year because ever since he arrived, he's been penciled in as a potential first overall pick. Um, and that's, that must be a difficult burden. Um, you know, clearly, clearly, ridiculously athletic. Yeah. Um, he's going to test crazy numbers he's going to put up. Um, I think there was criticisms that um, he was taking plays easy sometimes I mean show me players that, that you know no player is 100% every snap um, he may take a few plays off I don't care because what, what he's going to do when he's on is unbelievable um, the whole bevy of pass rush moves um, there's nothing he can't do he though like Hutchinson is a complete edge he plays the run so well 
Like, he forces everything back inside. Mm. No one's getting outside of that. He's a perfect edge setter. Um, you can argue production. Again, the expectation is so high that you can almost say that he's underperforming. He's not. He's performing <laughs> at a ridiculously high level, which has everyone had ridiculous expectations of him. Uh, he started the season a little bit slow, but my God, to finish um, and the way he smashed up uh, Vera Tucker, you know, I don't know some people have Vera Tucker as a guard. I had it still as a tackle, um, but Thibodeau annihilated him. I love just, yeah. But to be fair, I think there's, there's a, a pair of nets balls between Thibodeau and Hutchinson. Really? Yeah. I, I think it's just the crazy athleticism for me is going to, Thibodeau will be, I mean, Thibodeau is going to be in, in the conversation for the number one pick. Hutchinson won't be. Uh, that's just the numbers they're going to put up. Um, but uh, that's how much I rate Hutchinson, but Thibodeau, he's special. He is special. He's always been special. You get the feeling he's probably coasted through high school and most of this so far without having to try massively hard. Um, but he's just so gifted um, and so athletic, so strong. I'd say a complete edge. Yeah, I, I can't disagree with anything you said there. Like you say, I think it is difficult because people know he's good and people double-team him all the time, but he still wins. I, I, To be fair, actually, I think that the AVT-Tibido match was not even, but I think he was a bit more even than you're giving him credit for, AVT. <laughs> so I think we were big fans of him last year. But Tibido definitely got the better of him. And if you're saying that that's the first-round tackle and you know, you're getting the better of him, that's the sort of class that we're talking about, aren't we? You know, we're going to have a guy who is productive on Sundays and is going to be amongst you know the conversation to be a real top edge in three, four years' time yeah. when he's settled into the league, when he's coming up to his individual deal, he's going to be well, you know, coming up to where Nick Bosa is now, maybe. And yeah. you know, we're talking, we are talking about a level of player, you know, really, really top notch edge player with, like you say, the whole array of pass rush moves intelligent you know it's not the sexiest thing to do is to defend your edge and kind of hold the run game inside and things like that but he does it and that's what both the Bosa boys do really really well as well if I'm going to make that comparison again and yeah I mean this is a top five player I don't think we can kind of this is a close the book this is a top five player right now even if he didn't play this season yeah you know he could, and, he could opt out right now and not be trouble and he obviously will. And, you know, we talked obviously about the curtailed season last year, the Pac-12 and Thibodeau played seven games last year. Obviously, it's not a full season at all. He's only played 20 games. But going back to what I said about Haskell Garrett earlier on, he's played 20 games. Kayvon Thibodeau's played 20 games. But um, I know Thibodeau is supposed to get sacked, whereas Haskell Garrett, not so much. But he's got 12 sacks already. And he's got a ridiculous freshman season under his belt. If he goes back and builds upon that level of his freshman play and freshman production... We're talking, you know, we're getting towards maybe 12, 13, 14 sacks in a college football season. And Oregon are going to be the class, in defensive term at least, they're going to be the class of the back 12. Yeah. And he's going to have the run of, you know, the run of everything there. So I'm looking for a really big season from Kayvon Thibodeau this season. I don't like pro comps, but I, I think it's Jadavian Clowney for me. Oh, okay. Clowney, and that's, that's almost slighting him, do you know what I mean? But Clowney, yeah, a little bit from a pastoral <laughs> point of view. <laughs> um, but Clowney plays the run so well. People forget that. People just want to look at the, the box scores and see how many sacks. And Clowney's never been the most efficient pass rusher, but as a, as a run-stopping edge, fantastic. And Thibodeau has that for me, but with a better arsenal of pass rush moves. Yeah, yeah, I'd completely agree with that. I'm not a big comps guy in the past. Uh, in the past, I, I don't tend to be anyway, and I don't know. But like you say, it sounds a bit unusual because Thibodeau is more of a pass rusher than a run defender, and you think of Jadavian Clowney the way around. But yeah, we'll see how it goes. Definitely a good run defender for sure as well. So Keith, let's let's round this off then. Underrated, overrated guys from yourself in this edge class. <laughs> I haven't got many overrated. Um, I had <laughs> in a Bari, is that how you say that? The South Carolina guy. Yeah. Um, only because I've, I've seen him breaking top fives and I didn't see, I saw someone um, look kind of inexperienced and, and not really know what they're doing. Um, I mean, when he wins, it was, you know, it's impressive. Mm. He deserves to be on a, on a sort of a top 10 list. Um, so it's, yeah, it's, I don't want to down on him because he's <laughs> pretty good. Um, but he's, he was slightly overrated. And for, I, I can't just 
that Washington State game, Drake Jackson. I can't. I'm I'm planting your flag for Drake Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> Taking it out and chucking it in the bin. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, for overrated guys, I had Demarvin Leal, but we've kind of talked about that. That's kind of like you said before. He's kind of wasted on the edge. He needs to be moved inside. He'll be able to use his length and his power and his athleticism on the inside much more. Um, I was also expecting more out of Maja Sanders from Cincinnati as well. I didn't expect him to have eighth out of ninth on my list here. Um, yeah. And he's a tick behind the three that I've got from five to seven. Um, yeah, I just I just was expecting more. I think he's a name that we see banded about quite a lot. I don't think I saw anything that really wowed me, per se. You know, he's another skinny, lower half is really, really small kind of rusher. But he's not like super bendy with it. Like the, the guys that we have talked about, like obviously I like Joe Jackson a lot more than you do, but Nick Benito, a guy who we can both agree on, he can turn a corner and he can get um, get past someone with both speed and you know bend as well. I didn't see that much from Sanders, to be honest, in terms of that. I saw good, you know, get off on the snap and decent power, but not a super lot of bend. So um, yeah, I was kind of a bit disappointed in him. I maybe he's a bit strong, but yeah, I wasn't impressed by him too much. I found I found him. I, I don't mind him. Um, the la, the um, the bowl game against Georgia, uh, he, he played well. Um, so that, that was obviously the best competition he'd face. He's a, definitely a snap guesser though. Um, so when he does get off, it looks really great. But yeah, you know, he's offside a lot as well. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's. Yeah, he's number eight for me or seven. So. Yeah. I don't mind him. Like I said, that Georgia game is is some decent tape. You've got to build on that. Yeah, and on my list here, if I've got nine guys that I've watched, you know, enough to grade them comfortably, I would say. I didn't get into the two Ohio State guys that you've kind of raved about. I'm looking forward to getting to those guys. <laughs> I would imagine he'll be dropping a little bit more. And, you know, like I said, I was expecting him to be knocking on the door of the top five, if I'm honest, with you, considering how much I've heard about him. And the little bits that I've seen of him when watching the games on, you know, because I watched a bit of Cincinnati last year and things like that, because they were a good team. Uh, yeah, I was expecting a little bit more from him from what I've seen previously. Overrated, guys, is difficult because obviously I like them all. So I wouldn't overrate any of them so far, if I'm perfectly honest. No, it is difficult, yeah. Um, even the ones I mentioned, I'm not... Yeah, they're not overrated. They're very good players. Um, yeah. I think everyone we mentioned is probably oh, at least third round, do you think? Yeah, I don't I don't have anyone graded less than third round, and that's including yeah. Leal as well, who I, you know, am bitter down on, on in, in terms of being an edge anyway. Yeah, I think... Yeah. With Liao, it's it depends what uh, what A and M do with him. If he stays out on the edge, he'll still he'll run really fast and and, and look great, and he'll still get drafted high because he's a top recruit. Whatever. Yeah, absolutely. Push him inside so we can actually, actually have some beats and <laughs> <laughs> so we can have an IGL one all the way through the season for sure. All right, mate. Well, there you go. There we have it. Um, like we say, we've gone through two provisions. We've done it quite quickly because we wanted to keep this under an hour, and I think we've just about done that. Maybe touch over. Um, but yeah, edge class, generally speaking, pretty good. We need to get some guys and we need to find some guys for our interior defensive line class for sure. Um, yes. Obviously, we've got a whole bunch of scouting to be done as well as things go move forward throughout the season. Can you tell people where they can find you? And um, you know, now that you've finished with your Rough Diamonds article, have you got anything on the horizon that you're going to be writing about for people to read? I've been dreaming about Rough Diamonds for months. <laughs> um yeah, I've really enjoyed doing that. Um, I think after the NFL season, I may try and revisit them, see what they're up to. Um, I think one's already been cut. So, <laughs> really, right? Yeah, that's not, that's not a diamond. That is uh, that's fake. Um, uh, I'm at Lord Lacken uh, for Twitter. I have barely no followers because I'm an antisocial Cockney git. Really, drinks <laughs> uh, beer, watches lots of uh, sport, and generally annoys people. Uh, really, but, really high on yourself there really yeah. scout room for yourself there mate <laughs> it's the off season yeah I, I think I've watched more games in the last two or three weeks than I've watched for probably most of September and October it's been crazy yeah that's it it really ticks up doesn't it when we start getting into the scouting yeah. Um, but yeah obviously me at Wakefield90 on Twitter um, I'll be dropping um, probably by the time this is coming out actually I might have even um, got that out I'm going to be kind of following up the article that I did about a month ago, which was on college football conference realignment, which obviously is massively topical at the moment. I'm going to kind of do a bit of review of the fallout of that, obviously, with Oklahoma and Texas looking like they're going to screw the Big 12 over and head off to the SEC. I'm going to be looking at what will happen from here and kind of what's been happening so far. 
because it's been moving at a pace as well. Um, like I said at the beginning of the podcast, go over to fullsignyards.com, download your NFL season guide for 99 use the code YARDS, all one word, all in capital letters, um, to get pound off and you'll be 399 at checkout for you. You will not regret it. It's a fantastic piece of work that everyone's put together here. And we're really, really proud of it. And we want you to read it and enjoy it because the NFL I've season heard, is coming up. I've heard the, the 49ers and Vikings sections are really good. <laughs> yeah, so there you go. No fans of guessing who's written those ones. Uh, Keith, obviously, being a 49ers fan. Um, but yeah, next podcast that you'll have from us on the college scene will be myself and Andy reviewing the soon-to-be-dead Big 12. Well, that should be fun. Or previewing, should I say. And um, yeah, we'll be back next week uh, with scouting as well. Raj will be hosting. It'll be another offensive position for you guys. So yeah, thanks for listening and we'll see you then. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards. Thank you for tuning in to the Full 10 Yards College Football Podcast. We have great information and some great content for you guys. Keep on flying that flag.